Hello, my friend. My name is Dean Taylor. I want to be a friend to pastors. Let's talk shepherdology. Thank you so much for listening to Shepherdology. I enjoy spending this time with you, and I pray and ask for God's direction and wisdom and what I talk about and share with you. And I know, having been a pastor for about 25 years, that pastors have pressures and challenges and sometimes just need a friend. And I want to be a friend to you. I hope that you have uh, somebody maybe more local that you can spend FaceTime with and and talk personally with, but I do want to fill a role of just coming alongside you and encouraging you and praying for you and talking about topics that I hope will be helpful to you. I start each one of these with a an encouraging truth, and I've been reading through the book of Nehemiah and just taking my time and taking about a chapter a week and and reading and studying a little bit and meditating on and then and then using those principles that I learn as a basis for prayer. And recently I was in Nehemiah chapter 3, and I want to, ins- to share this encouraging truth with you from Nehemiah chapter 3. This is where Nehemiah has organized the people to start constructing and reconstructing, repairing sections of the wall of Jerusalem. And it says in Nehemiah chapter 3 that different people and different families worked on different sections of the wall. And it says in verse 5 that next to the son of Baana, the Tekoites repaired, but their nobles would not stoop to serve their lord. Now, there are different ideas of what their, if their lord referred to the, the one who was overseeing them, or if it was referring to, to Jehovah the Lord. But the point is that they were unwilling to get involved in the manual labor of repairing or rebuilding the wall. And it's an interesting word that is used of them. It says their, it says their nobles would not stoop to serve their Lord. And the word stoop literally means to bend the neck. So they would not bend their necks. They would not uh, bend down, I think is the idea. Now, this might have meant that they literally were unwilling to do the physical work of repairing the wall, or it might have been that they were unwilling to lower themselves to do that kind of labor. And it might have been due to their pride that they would not do that. So I think there's a powerful lesson there for us, and I'm going to turn that into an encouraging truth. First of all, if we're going to serve the Lord and do the work of ministry, we have to be willing to bend our necks, to put effort into what we do, and to sometimes uh, do menial tasks, uh, do the work of a servant. Jesus Christ, of course, is the model of that. He came not to be ministered to, but to minister, to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. He modeled it for us when he washed his disciples' feet and did the work of a servant. And Philippians 2 describes Jesus as the one who took on him the form of a servant. Jesus was willing to stoop. Jesus was willing to bend his neck. Jesus lowered himself to serve, 
not just other people, but, but actually his creatures, the people he created. And so he is our example. So here's the encouraging truth. There are elements of ministry that you maybe don't feel like doing. They require effort that uh, you don't maybe that particular day or in that situation feel like exerting, or you feel like you're lowering yourself. You see some task or, or some responsibility as beneath you. But when you lower yourself, when you bend the neck, when you stoop, as these nobles in Nehemiah 3 were unwilling to do, you are being like Jesus. When you serve, when you do tasks that maybe a lot of people would think is, is somehow beneath them, you're being like Jesus. You're following in his footsteps. You are emulating his example. You are reflecting Christ's likeness in your life and in your ministry. Now, of course, there are responsibilities that can and should be delegated, but often a pastor is is working, doing the work of a servant. And so when you perform those responsibilities, remember, when you lower yourself, you're being like Jesus. And I hope that truth encourages you as you go about your responsibilities in your ministry. Now, I want to talk about a topic today that's fresh on my mind, and that is the topic of helping future pastors find their way. Helping future pastors find their way. And the reason it's fresh on my mind is that uh, this last week I attended a conference in Toledo, Ohio, it was the Tri-State Associations Conference of the churches in Michigan and Ohio and Indiana that are part of the Regular Baptist Association there. And I, I went to the conference actually to represent the college where I teach, Faith Baptist Bible College. And uh, I was also asked to participate in a discussion that, uh, that they had as part of the conference. It was a panel discussion including several of the speakers and a few others of us who were there. And the topic of the discussion was identifying and educating the next generation of pastors. Well, uh, that, that is right where I live. That's what I do as a vocation. I'm a professor of pastoral studies, and that is my life right now, is equipping a new generation of pastors. So that topic really caught my attention, and I enjoyed not only participating, but also hearing what the other panel members had to say and, uh, and the information that they offered. So, so the idea of helping uh, the next generation of pastors find their way is on my mind, and uh, I want to talk through, first of all, a few of the questions that were asked of the panel and share a few of those responses with you, and then point to a couple of resources that might be helpful for you. And in fact, I was just having a conversation a little bit ago here today with, with someone about the fact that there's a need for young men who are willing and dedicated to serving the Lord in ministry, if that's what God is calling them to do. Now, I wonder how that is in your church. Would you say, is there one, are there any, are there a few young men who are surrendered to the Lord and they, their hearts are open to the idea of possibly going into ministry, of considering vocational ministry, a life of ministry. And again, it's not necessarily that they know that's what they're going to do, but their hearts are open to that. And if not, why not? 
Uh, and here's the first question that was asked of the panel. Should a pastor encourage a young man to consider pastoral ministry? Should a pastor encourage a young man to consider pastoral ministry? And on the one hand, you know, you might think, well, I don't want to pressure anybody. I certainly don't want them to think that because I say that they should think about ministry, that that's the reason that they should. I don't want to misdirect someone. And you're sure right. We don't want to pressure anybody to to do that. But on the other hand, isn't it okay to ask a young man if his heart is open to ministry, if God is directing him that way? Isn't it uh, our responsibility as pastors to challenge all of our people, but especially young people, to be completely yielded to the Lord and open to whatever God has for them? I know for me, when I was in my senior year of high school, that was when I came to a place where my heart was open and I began to yield my life completely to the Lord. And as I did that, that's when God began to direct my mind toward the idea of, of ministry as, as a life's calling. So the question, should a pastor encourage a young man to consider pastoral ministry? I would say that, that, that yes, we, we should consider young men to, or I'm sorry, we should encourage young men to consider it uh, appropriately, not uh, with any pressure, but just, just encouraging them to have open hearts to that. You know, it, it was uh, somebody that gave me an opportunity when I was in high school to, to do a, a little Bible study devotional for a class trip that I was on with my senior class that really got my mind going toward ministry. And, and this person didn't necessarily say, hey, Dean, would you think about being a pastor? But they just gave me an opportunity that, that helped to direct my mind in that way. So even that, I think, is something that God can use to encourage a young man toward ministry. And, and let me say this as well, that, that a lot of times it's not the, the young man that is a, a great leader or is popular or is an extrovert or just strikes you as uh, somebody that, that really stands out that God might lead toward ministry. Uh, many times it's, a, it's the quiet one. And maybe they do have an interest in the Word of God. Possibly they do have a concern for souls they do demonstrate some of the character qualities that you see in 1 Timothy 3, but they aren't necessarily the kind of person that is upfront and grabbing everybody's attention. So be alert to, to young men like that. And that was something also that I shared on, on this panel as different people were, were responding to that. So then this, uh, another question was this, what are some unbiblical ways that people misunderstand the call to ministry? And the responses to that were interesting. What are some unbiblical ways that people misunderstand the call to ministry? You know, the, the Bible doesn't really talk about a call to pastoral ministry. That word is not used. The word call is used of all believers and, and of uh, people are called to believe the gospel and Christians are called to serve. But the Bible doesn't identify a specific call to pastoral ministry, but there are elements of God's activity in a person's life that direct that person toward ministry. And there are internal elements such as desire, 1 Timothy 3.1. There are external elements such as qualifications that we find in the next verses there in 1 Timothy 3. 
And then throughout the pastoral epistles, we see the church and leaders in the church recognizing men who are qualified and are ready for ministry. So there are different elements that are are pieces, I think, of this idea of the call to ministry. So I think one unbiblical understanding is that it's just um, an instantaneous feeling that a young man has that he's supposed to be in ministry, and that's it. So a young man announces, oh, I'm called to ministry. I'm supposed to go into ministry. Well, that that's great, and, and that may be God's subjective call in that young man's life, but there's more to the process. If he truly is called, he will exhibit the qualifications, and that will be recognized by the church and by leaders in the church. And so I think that's one way that that the call to ministry can be misunderstood. Uh, A couple of definitions I've seen of the call to ministry. One is it is God's sovereign selection for vocational service. God's sovereign selection for vocational service. And that's by Dr. Doug Doug Brown, who is the dean of our seminary here at, uh, at Faith. Another way of describing it is uh, a person has a strong desire and there is recognition and affirmation affirmation from the leadership in the church that he is qualified and ready for ministry. So there's more of the, the external, internal and external elements of a call to ministry. So we just have to be careful that we, we don't pressure people toward that and also that someone uh, who, who expresses an interest in ministry realizes that there needs to be qualifications in place and that recognition by the church. So that's where, where as a pastor, you have the opportunity to teach what that is in your church, to help young people understand that, and to uh, to have a conversation with a young man who might be thinking about ministry and talk about those elements of what we might consider a call to ministry. Here's another question that came up. Is a formal education necessary for pastors? In other words, Does a young man who's going into the ministry have to go away to Bible college? Does he need to uh, go to seminary? And, you know, the Bible doesn't give that as a requirement, but the Bible does say in 1 Timothy 3 that a man who's going to be in ministry needs to be able to teach. And then in Titus, Paul emphasized that same quality with these words in Titus chapter 1, that Titus was supposed to to appoint elders, and then Paul gave qualifications for those elders, including this, that he would be able to hold firm to the trustworthy word as taught, so that he may be able to give instruction in sound doctrine, and also to those, rebuke those who contradict it. So what Paul was saying there is, as he said in 1 Timothy 3, a pastor has to be able to teach in Titus 1, he was saying a pastor has to be able to understand the doctrines of the Word of God so that he can teach them, but also so that he can refute false doctrine and confront those who promote false doctrine. And that takes a level of understanding. That takes deeper than a, if I can say it this way, a Sunday school level understanding of Scripture. And and so in a, a Bible college or a seminary, There are teachers who specialize in areas of Bible content, of theology, of doctrines, 
as well as of practical theology, pastoral theology, homiletics, areas like that. And so these are people who have really devoted their lives to learning and then teaching in these areas so that a man who's going into ministry can be equipped, so he can be fully and thoroughly instructed and equipped for that ministry. Now, a church or a pastor can certainly do that to some level, but I think in the the setting that we have and the freedom that we enjoy and the blessings we have, especially I'm thinking in uh, in the United States of America here, uh, there are opportunities to learn from those those professors and those servants of God who have spent their lifetimes learning and studying and in many cases doing ministry and then are able to turn around and teach that to others. So a formal education isn't a requirement for ministry, but I think it's a great help and it truly equips a man to be able to minister the word and to serve in pastoral ministry most effectively. So there, those are a few of the questions that were asked. There were uh, about, I think, 12 of them altogether, and it, I just really enjoyed the experience of being on that panel and interacting with, uh, with those other men. And so I want to just pass that along to you. And then along with that, as we, uh, as we talked about this, I was reminded of a survey that I did with the young men that I teach here at Faith Baptist Bible College in the pastoral studies program. Last year, I met, I was meeting with all of them together, and I wanted to understand better the influences that encourage high school age young men to consider ministry. And again, this is related to my topic today, of helping future pastors find their way. And I asked them what the influences are that affected you as a high school age young man toward ministry. You know, God does call men into ministry, but people in in their lives influence them to consider it and to pursue ministry. And so I'd like you to listen to these and hear what they said. And I just, we, we just... Uh, they just shared what they were, and and uh, and I wrote them on a whiteboard, and we filled a whiteboard with with the answers to to these questions. So so to the question, what influenced you as a high school young man toward ministry? Now, now listen to this, and these are not in any uh, significant order, other than this is how they were given by the students. Youth pastor, Awana commander. A man in the church who discipled me. Several of them said there was just a man, maybe an older man, in the church who spent time with them and and just literally discipled them out of the Scripture. A camp speaker. Camp staff members. A pastor. Bible college students on a traveling team. Opportunities to serve in the church. Mission trips the need for good preaching and the need for pastors, their parents, this one was interesting, the effects of sin on their friends' lives, and then God's Word. So, so those were the answers that they gave to the question, what influenced you as a high school-age young man toward ministry? And I won't repeat them. I would just encourage you to think about those, maybe, maybe uh, rewind and, and listen to those again. Uh, actually, I have them in a blog post. I'll tell you where to find that in just a minute, if you'd like to look over them visually. 
Let me uh, move on to another question that I asked. What would you tell high school young men who are considering ministry? So, so, so as a college young man who is, uh, is preparing for ministry, I asked them, so what, what would you say to a, a teenager in high school who is thinking about ministry? And here's what they said. It's okay if you feel inadequate. God will enable you. Serve now any way you can. Be open to change, doing something different than you plan. Pray about it. Be in the Word. Have a high view of the gospel, what it can do in your life and in the lives of others. God is sovereign. He will grow and equip you. Guard your moral purity. The ministry isn't for everyone. Have friends who encourage you toward ministry, not friends who discourage you from it. Be all in. Be real. Be discipled by someone. Seek it out if you have to. And then develop compassion for others. That's fascinating to me. So here are these college-age guys, and they're saying, if I could turn around and and say something to a high school guy thinking about ministry, here's what I'd tell them. And again, I'm not going to repeat them. Uh, you can listen again, or I'll, I'll tell you where you can find this. Now, let me, let me share with you one more question that I asked, and uh, this one relates directly to you. If you're a pastor or a youth pastor, I asked them this question. What would you tell pastors and youth pastors about encouraging young men toward ministry? And here's what they said. Talk to them. <laughs> Spend time in conversation, get to know them, and show interest in them. Now, Pastor, this is crucial, and I know that you're busy and have responsibilities, and sometimes teenagers aren't on your radar, but, but if you just show some interest in these young men, have conversations with them, uh, even in a little group or, you know, one-on-one, -on -one, uh, just go out for coffee or have some pizza together or something, and just get to know them and show interest in them. And, and that's what these college-age guys preparing for ministry said that they would tell pastors and youth pastors to do. Here's the next one. And this you can do this. Share your own testimony of how God led you into ministry. So let's say you, you say to a, a couple of guys, hey, let's uh, go out and, and you know have a Coke or get some coffee or whatever and, and chat. And you're sitting there and you're thinking, what do I say? What do I talk about? Well, ask them some questions, get to know them. But then say, hey, let me tell you guys how God directed me into ministry. And then just tell them and, and let them hear that. So that's what these college-age young men said that you, as a pastor or youth pastor, could do to encourage young men toward ministry. Here's another one. Preach on it. Do you ever preach on the call to ministry? Do you ever preach on Paul or Timothy or uh, even some of the Old Testament characters and how God worked in their life to put them in ministry? Preach on and teach on what the call to ministry is. Here's another one. Emphasize ministry as a viable option for life's work. And I think that might be one of the reasons that there's not as, um, as much willingness and interest in ministry right now. Maybe young men don't really think of it and don't really see it as something they can do with their lives. And they, they need to know that if God calls you, and directs you into ministry. He will provide for you. He is faithful. He will care for you. 
And this is something you can do with your life. Uh, many times young men feel inadequate. You know, how, how could I ever do that? Well, if God calls you, he will enable you. And it is something that if he wants you in ministry, you can learn. So, so emphasize it as a viable option for life work. And then one more I'll mention they said to do is involve them in ministry. Involve them in ministry uh, because that exposes them to what ministry is all about, and that can cultivate their interest. So if you want to look at, at this, um, these answers, you can go to my website, deanhtaylor.com, and there's an article, Factors That Influence Young Men Toward Ministry. Factors That Influence Young Men Toward Ministry. And it's listed there, uh, the, the answers to those questions that I just gave you. And that might encourage you as you interact with young men toward ministry. And then let me tell you about this as well. If you go to the homepage, just click on my name at the top. That'll take you to the homepage of DeanHTaylor.com. And uh, pinned there is the first of a series of 15 articles called The Pathway to Pastoral Ministry. And those are designed to help pastors, parents, work with young men and encourage them and guide them toward pastoral ministry. So take a look at that. That may be a helpful resource for you as well. As well, And I'll refer to that more in the future and maybe even talk through some of those ideas. But the idea is that we want to help future pastors find their way. We can't call them. We can't pressure them. God works in the hearts and lives of young men and encourages them, directs them toward ministry, and we would say calls them to ministry. But you, as a pastor, can encourage and guide young men toward ministry. So I hope that you'll consider these very practical things I've shared today and that they will help you to interact with young men and help them find their way toward pastoral ministry. Now, I want to pray for you, and then we'll finish up here today. So uh, my pastor friend, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, uh, just in your heart, would you join me and let me pray for God's work and blessing in and through you. Heavenly Father, I am so grateful for the call to ministry. As Paul said, that you are faithful, and you are merciful, and you are gracious, and you put him into ministry. And I feel the same way. God, you put me into ministry. And I thank you for that. It's not really something I chose, but something you directed me into. And it was by your mercy and your grace. And I know that that every man that is listening to me right now can give that same testimony. And so, Father, we praise you for putting us in the ministry. And help us, I pray, to encourage young men, and in some cases, uh, older men as well, adult men, to consider ministry also. And will you please send laborers into the harvest? Will you please do your work in the hearts of men to move them toward pastoral ministry? And use us and use the pastors that I'm speaking to right now to do that. And then, Father, my mind goes back to those, those uh, men in Nehemiah's project that would not stoop. Father, help us, I pray, to have servants' hearts. Help us to be willing to do the work, uh, however lowly it might seem. And I thank you that when we do, we are being like Jesus. We're following in the footsteps of Jesus Christ. So bless, encourage, strengthen, and give wisdom to my pastor friends. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. It's been good to spend time with you once again. And as always, I'm just so grateful that you listen 
and I'm blessed that uh, uh, Shepherdology is helping some people. At the conference I was at last this past week, uh, there were several men who said, hey, I listen to Shepherdology, and it's encouraging to me, so I'm very thankful for that. And maybe you'd like to share it with a pastor friend and let him know about it. It might encourage him as well. I'd love to connect with you. I mentioned my website, deanhtaylor.com. I'm on Twitter at deanhtaylor63. And you can email me at shepherdologypodcast at gmail.com. Would love to connect with you if you would like. And thank you so much for listening, and we'll get together again and talk shepherdology.